Tommy Lorenzo. And this is the Pop Style Opinion Fest. Hello, kittens. Welcome back to another edition of the PSO. I am the TNG Tila, Tom Fitzgerald. And I'm here with the Lone Yatila, Lorenzo Mekas, my lovely husband. Hello. It is the Friday of the week after Memorial Day weekend. We did not do a podcast last week because holiday weekend podcasts yeah. are kind of, mm, who's listening to and us? we deserve a break every now and then because we never have one, so. That's not true. We take <laughs> probably more than our share of Well, them. I need cat breaks, you know, all the time. <laughs> That's true. Um, but we're back. We have, uh, you know, this this week's podcast has all sort of celebrity, It's I, don't know, I guess gossip would be, celebrity news, let's put it that way. It's not gossip in the sense of unconfirmed stories. Revealing stuff. It's actually all fairly confirmed stories. Um, I know. And that's all people are talking about. But before we get to that, um, I know you wanted to talk about Pride Month briefly. No, I just It is Pride. Happy pr- Pride. I know. Happy Pride for those who celebrate. <laughs> Which should be all of our listeners. <laughs> exactly. Uh, but yeah, it's Pride Month and uh, it's always a reminder, good reminder that, that we're... We achieved a lot, but we're not there yet. And I think there will always be a goal. I we're don't... under attack all yeah, over exactly. again. Yeah, exactly. So, so it, it's, it's great to get that reminder. And, you know, you get all the brands uh, making money off pride, but at least they're promoting things. Hey, we're yeah. prom- we've been promoting our yeah, book. Yeah, exactly. No, no, I'm saying they're promoting and, and exposing things. I mean, yeah. we're going to have today... A H&M is doing a campaign, which I thought it was, I actually watched a video and I cried because it was so sweet. It's about... You're very... I know. I you're more susceptible to that sort of thing than I, I am. am I tend to be way more cynical I know. about it. I'm, I, the reason why I cried watching the video is because it reminds me of my family. The The campaign is called My, Cho- my Chosen Family, I mm-hmm. think, which is true for me when mm-hmm. I was very young because I was a homosexual you know, out and about very, very young, uh, I couldn't tell my family about it. So I, I, I used to go out with my gay friends and we would have this gay family uh, that my real family wasn't aware of, you know, that kind of thing, my chosen family. So right. it was cute because it, they talk about it, how when they're together getting dressed and it's exactly how I was and what I did with my friends when I was young, um, get dressed with your friends to go to a club or whatever. And you could, you would, you, you couldn't do that in your house. You'd have to go someplace uh, with your friends and get dressed there. I remember I had a friend. It was hysterical. Um, he was he used to dye his hair before he went to the club with us. So he would dye his hair like orange, blue, or whatever color. And his parents were very, very restrict, uh, strict and, and conservative. And so he used to dye his hair. Uh, you know, to go to the club, and then he would go home early before everyone was up, get in the bathroom, and dye his hair back to black. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. (laughs) I know, before his parents woke up. Uh, Anyway, that's why when I watched a campaign like that, I was like, oh, that's sweet. It it, it really reminds me of the time when I was very, very young and queer. So anyway. It's very current. I'm sorry, go ahead. And I'm also doing what I've been doing for a couple of years now is – posting a, a picture a day of a couple, um, you know, because it's uh, Pride Month. And I try to get pictures from, you know, whatever time period I can find, uh, going back to the 1800s all the way to now. Uh, I also, I'm very careful posting those pictures because we've we've had this conversation before and, and it's true. 
um, just because two men are together in the, you know, in the 1800s or, or two women are, are together holding hands or whatever, that doesn't mean they were gay or queer um, because that's, that was kind of the thing to do when you took a picture with your brother or with your father or friends. I mean, you would like hug or hold hands and, you know, sit together. Um, well, I do think that's true. Uh-huh. And I, I think um, same-sex affection was a lot more normal prior right. to roughly nine, prior to World War II, roughly. Right. Um, um, I, I also think that that sometimes is used as a pass to, um, to sort of whitewash the existence of queer people right. in those periods that's of time. That's a good point. So... Um, it's hard to I, tell. I just think when you look at this... It's a lovely, touching thread that Lorenzo does every year on Twitter, and it's all same. What what appears to be same sex couples being very affectionate with each other, um, and you're right. You can't assume that everybody in these pictures is gay uh, or queer or bi or whatever. Um, to which I would also add, which I think might be a little more add a little more nuance to it, is you might not assume they're all couples. But that doesn't necessarily mean they're not all gay, because the thing is, a lot of these old pictures you would see mm-hmm. of women socializing with right, women, right, right. and they actually were, in their own restrained Victorian way, um, sort of these lesbian salon situations. So it doesn't necessarily mean they were romantic couples, because right. sometimes I think people misconstrue the point of this thread and think that we're defining queerness as simply romantic couples. No, no, no. But uh, it's just meant to highlight representations of same-sex affection and socialization. And you can look at it however you want to look at it, but you shouldn't deny the possibility or even perhaps the likelihood, depending on the image. Because some of those images, it's like, okay, no, that's... That's sexual or that's, that's romantic. Clearly a couple. Yeah, yeah that's that's mix, a little bit more than just affection. Right. I try to mix them a little. Um, like some some of the ones I picked, they're in in a bar, so they're you know friends all together. But you can tell they're couples. I'm I I do my best to make sh- almost sure that they are queer, uh, because I've seen a ton of pictures that clearly they're not queer. And if you go online, they're saying you know gay couples from the past, but they're not. I mean, they could be you know, friends right. or right. relatives and, and so on. But my point is, it's to post pictures. I'm this, this year I'm posting only one a day on Twitter and Instagram. What I'm trying to do is just a, a picture of a couple or a group of people happy, just expressing happiness right. and, and, and their love uh, for each other. However, that love is, you know, defined. But anyway, I'm doing that again and I'm, I'm happy. It makes me happy when I do it. Uh, people, I get very uh, positive, uh, you know, um, feedback from people. So yeah, that's very it. good, fabulous. Uh, later this month, we're going to do a pride-themed uh, episode of our podcast where we're going to talk about some yes. of our favorite queer figures, um, and not all of whom appear in our book. Uh, having said that, I'm going to plug our book because it's appearing yeah. in pride displays in bookstores all over the country. And I know this because people keep sending us pictures and I love it. And I appreciate it. Yes. Keep sending them. If you come across our book on a, on a, in a little pride display somewhere, please take a picture and send it to us. We love seeing it. But, um, it's, um, the book still sells steadily, still sells steadily. It, um, uh, there's an uptick in sales around this time of year every year because right. of these pride displays. And we're just asking for your support and saying, if you'd love to support us further, please consider buying a copy right. of our book. Even if you already have one, it makes a great gift to a young kid or a queer ally. 
uh, who's got some questions are just to a Drag Race fan. Uh, it's Legendary Children, the first decade of RuPaul's Drag Race in the last century of queer life. Critically acclaimed. Yeah, hello. Across the board. Uh, and we're very proud of it. And we're very happy to know that it has a life beyond its publication date. That's I a know. very hard thing to sustain for a book is to sustain sales and interest for for you know past its initial release. Yeah, a straight pandemic tried to destroy our queer book, but right <laughs> didn't happen. So uh, that's it's still really, selling. So that's really nice. That's really satisfying. And uh, please consider buying a copy yes, of it. Yes, we do get emails every now and then. <clears throat> excuse me, asking um, how can I donate? You know, whatever money, whatever. Don't just buy our book. That's the best way yes. to support and our, give it to someone. Give yes. it. Give it to your local queer youth center or whatever, which we have done. Um, give it to someone who hates you very much. <laughs> whatever. Wh- why? Just a straight person. Whatever. Just give it. Well, I don't know about I'm that. I'm just joking. But give it to anybody yeah. um, that you think uh, would appreciate reading the book. All right. So moving on to matters slightly more frivolous. Um, and we're trying to keep it frivolous because oh, we should acknowledge. I don't know how much we're supposed to acknowledge these things, but it's weird. The world, we live in a weird, freaking violent, scary world, and there have been a, just a rash of shootings yes, I know. since the last podcast, since the last time we sat, sat down in front of our mics. It's been an increasingly tense and scary time in this country. I don't know what to tell any of you, uh, except you shouldn't be listening to me <laughs> on such an important topic. But yeah, go call your senator and your congressperson right. and tell them to start voting on just gun control. Just the fact that we don't mention it often is doesn't mean that we we don't care or we're not aware of what's going on. We're trying to stay on. in our lane. We just try, because otherwise our ang- we just turn into two angry right. men on Twitter. Right. Because I can be very angry about those issues, and I just don't want my Twitter Yeah, I mean, one become, of the things... Yeah, that. I'm sorry. One of the things we're going to talk about today is the Johnny Depp and Amber Heard trial and uh, verdict. Uh, we're going to put that at the back end of this one. Uh, this podcast, but we are going to talk about it. And um, one of the things that I almost retweeted it this morning, and then I thought better of it. I was like, I'm not wading into this, but uh, it was someone um, pointing out just how much, uh, how easy it is to believe. Like, there's all these threads explaining the verdict from people who are ostensibly presenting themselves as lawyers, if not experts on it, and they're all full of bullshit. Mm-hmm. And it was basically my point being that there's just so much bullshit on mm-hmm. social media and it's so easy to get caught right. up in in misinformation and that sort of thing. And I'm all I said this I got in trouble during the height of COVID where I told people to stop retweeting. If they're not an actual expert on, you know, epidemiology, please stop retweeting stuff because it's mis- misinformation. And I got so much blowback on that right. because there's a lot of really popular social media figures. Some are journalists, some are statisticians who have made their name talking about COVID, but they're not epidemiologists and they're proven wrong as much as they're proven right. right. Uh, but people don't like to hear that. Anyway, I'm tying this into the point uh, about things like these, all these shootings is, um, you know, and we've talked about this before. As people with a platform, you're like, well, you have to, you can't not acknowledge us because people will will find you lacking somehow if you don't acknowledge us. Mm-hmm. Uh, at the same time, this is not your lane. 
and people should not be going to you for discuss to us for discussion. And right. I firmly believe I'm like, no, you should not be talking. We are not the people you should be listening to in a discussion on. I can express my on gun violence. I, that's what I mean. It's right. about straddling that line. It's about making sure that we are, and it's also about I can remember June of 2020 where someone sent us a message and said, "Why haven't you said Black Lives Matter on your on your site yet?" And um, we say that every day. Well, with our folks, I'm not gonna. Mm, I'm not gonna criticize the reaction, but right. I am going to to say, you know, it, there's a there's an important place on these symbolic. You know, you must say the words. You right. must wear the color. Right. Uh, if you don't say the exact words or turn your, you know profile the exact color or you know we're supposed to wear orange this weekend for gun control um and that's fine but sometimes people get too caught up in the actual symbolism and they're not looking at what you know and that's to address your point which was we were trying to address the tenor of all of those um protests that were going on at that summer um but it's true our fashion and pop culture site did not have the actual phrase black lives matter on the site mm-hmm. in the first couple of weeks of that month um and that's when i realized oh you can't just talk about it right you have to actually use the words that is important to people i'm not going to criticize that but it was a lesson learned um so it's sort of the same thing here where it's like well we need to talk about it in the sense that we can't be heartless people who pretend like this isn't happening. Right. On the other hand, we need to move on from it because right. that is not why people are listening to this no, podcast. No, I don't want to be that person, you know, never mentioning anything that's out there because right. that's just not me. Uh, I do mention things every now and then on Twitter. Right. Uh, and now I've been more active on Instagram. So I do mention things. I just don't want to mention all the time in a very angry tone. Right. Because then it's just, you know, people got to get tired of that too. Right. So let's move on to the completely frivolous and and listen to Lorenzo yell at Kim Kardashian yeah. for the next five minutes. I Go. just thought it was hysterical. No, I'm actually not going to yell at, cause, uh, at her because I'm so tired of the whole family. And, you know, the more you talk about them, the more money they make. But it she's uh, promoting yet another beauty line. And I won't mention the name here because I'm not going to give her that money. So she has a, a new beauty line and uh, she was interviewed by the New York Times fashion style I guess, magazine. Um, Anyway, so she gave this interview talking about her beauty line, new line, blah, blah, blah. And then she said, and I quote her here, let me find it. I'll try anything. They're talking about beauty uh, products and how to look young and have perfect skin, blah, blah, blah. So she says, I'll try anything. Um, If you tell me that I literally had to eat poop every single day and I would look younger, I might. I just might. So I read that and I couldn't believe it. And, you know, you can say whatever you want. I'm sure a lot of people were criticizing her for that. And I'm sure that if they confront her, she's going to say that she was just joking. Right. Uh, but you're giving an, an, an interview to the New York Times talking about your product. There are so many problems here. Let, let's just go to the more shallow aspect of it. You're talking beauty line and you making a statement that you would eat poop to look younger so you're basically saying that whatever you do won't work even buying your own shit that's number one yeah uh number two is that how can you send that message you know it's such a shallow message that that you know you do anything for your shelf pretty much I mean, this is coming right on the tails of her admitting that she starved herself to get into a dress for the right. Met Gala. It's she doesn't care about things. her message and the thing that that 
pisses me pisses me most about this whole thing is that then her sister goes posts a picture and then when she's criticized by the way she looks she gets all bent out of shape and then has a meltdown right 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 it's like you can't have it both ways. You can't promote this idea that you have to be perfect, that you will drink your own piss and eat, and eat your own sh- shit so that you can look young. And then at the same time, have people criticize you for the way you look. Right. Because that's what you are. You, it's just, you know. Uh, You're selling this unattainable level of perfection. Right. And you can't complain when people, when your own followers start right. applying it to you. Not only that, your mother would... Everything about it is with gross. children. I mean, what kind of message are you sending? Right. Um, and they don't care. I mean, I read enough stuff about this family that I understand, and it's clear that they really don't care how people feel, except if you talk about, like, you know, the way they look or something like that. Um, they just don't care. They want to make money. Um, and, you know, there wouldn't, I always say this, and I'll say it again there wouldn't be a Kardashian family if we collectively didn't support them there wouldn't be right so it's not my fault because i don't buy them i don't buy yeah i mean for them you, she has 300 million followers yeah, well, that's you, i don't feel any blame for them no she has 613 million followers on instagram i think i gave the wrong number last time it's 63 million on on twitter and 613 million on instagram yeah that's that, why i'm like no i i take no responsibility for what she yeah, has done that's what i'm saying when we i mean we the people out there yeah um they you making this this family you know turn and be whatever they are um right it's just how they are but it's just appalling to read something like that. Um, it's just like, what kind of message are you sending? Right. You know, just, I don't know. Anyway, I thought it was horrible. We hate her. She's horrible. We've I talked about her before. Listen, no, I agree. I and- don't hate her. I hate the message. And I hate this society and world that we live in that you promote people like that. And they make millions and millions and millions of dollars. There was a really, I wish I had it in front of me. There was a tweet I read this week that said, you know, this story about Kim Kardashian eating shit, the Amber Heard verdict, the fact that Roe is being overturned. Right. She's like, these are not unrelated things. And she's absolutely, I can't remember who said it. I wish I could. She's absolutely right. The, I mean, the the current um, uh, atmosphere for women in this country right now yeah. is dire and I, dreary. I think Vox has an article or somebody has an article about you know, it, it it's giving the impression that there is this major backlash against the Me Too movement coming. Right, right. Just coming. Uh, coming our way. And, and I can see that. Yeah. I can see, like, things turning. Right. Uh, which that is, is the awful. history of this country. It is the history of every major um, step forward is met with an increasingly uh, out-of-control backlash. And, in fact... Uh, it's always been that way, but I feel like in the last 30 to 40 years, the backlashes have gotten, have gotten much and much and much worse and much more damaging. A couple of kids, trans kids, want to be able mm-hmm. to play sports, and suddenly it's illegal to get trans medical care. Like, the, right. con- the backlash is fucking insane. The, um, and just going back a little bit to uh, Kim Kardashian, uh, listen, she has a business and she wants to sell stuff and there's nothing wrong with that. But you have 600 million followers. Right. You have a responsibility of some sort. Right. Uh, if I mean, listen, I'm as vain as they come. I shallow vein. I care about the way I look, all that. Believe me, I do. But I'm careful what I say. 
you know. You don't believe in starving yourself or eating right. shit. Yeah, and I would never say these things, and I wouldn't do them. But anyway, my point is that I wouldn't go and give an interview and right. say something like that, you know, knowing that that knowing that it's going to be out there as an interview, but also you know, mention as I'm mentioning here everywhere. Right. So you 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 you're probably happy because you're going to be selling more products uh, because of this interview and because right. of what you said. But there is a responsibility as as a person, as as in this case, a woman, as everything, as 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 a businesswoman, as everything. You know, as a mother, as a public figure, as a public figure. Yeah. But none of that has ever mattered to anybody in that family. It's no, all been about no. attention, which no. then gets turned into money. Um, I mean, the whole wedding thing. I mean, they're still milking this wedding because I'm on Instagram. We almost did a podcast on the wedding yes. last week. Uh, you know, the big right, right. Uh, Travis Barker, Courtney Kardashian wedding in Italy that was sponsored by Dolce & Gabbana. Yeah, who else? The whole thing was just <laughs> gross beyond gross. The clothes were so friggin' tacky, yeah. even for that family, they, even for those two Italian queens. Yeah. Dolce Gabbana My God, for that the whole was wedding. one tacky-ass yes. wedding. They, Dolce Gabbana paid for the whole wedding, and I'm sure, I'm quite sure that they also gave them some money on top of everything else. I mean, of course. Whatever. Uh, um, but but money was made, that's for oh, sure. Yes. Nobody nobody yeah, in that everybody group made money. Uh, does something like that without money being made. Uh, they're grotesque, and I know we've talked about them before, and we will be forced to talk about them again because, um, you know... I've said this before about us. We're not fan bloggers. We're pop culture bloggers, and they are the cultures, like it or not. So um, they be... come up in our work now and then, not because right. we admire them or because we're promoting them. You know, that's not our how right. I see our job. It's because we're we're you know, commenting on them. That right. is our job. And you know, I just want to make a final point here. Some every now and then, someone says, "Well, then don't mention them if you don't want them to go away." No, you know how you make them go away? You don't follow them and you don't buy their product. Yeah, it's up to their fans. Yes, their, yes. The, that's how you make them go away. Right. I, I'm not giving Kim Kardashian any new followers, thing, no, or any dollars or anything like that. Um, she has built that on her own, which is why it's the last time we spoke about her during the Met Gala. I did defend her from a few, for a few things, and I still feel that way. I feel like people overly moralize, and they focus on the wrong things when it comes to Kim Kardashian, most of all being, oh, she made a sex tape or whatever, or she has posed right. naked or whatever. Yeah. Um, and I also think you and I have disagreed on this, and we're not going to re-enter this, right. but I, I don't think she does nothing. I don't think she doesn't work. I, right. I just think what she does is shallow and ultimately very damaging and doesn't necessarily uh, warrant the, the amount of money she's made off doing it. But, um, you know, there you go. There you go. Uh, All right. Let's yeah. want to move on from this. Mm hmm. No, yeah, go ahead. No, I, that's it. That's don't give it. Give me that face. <laughs> that's pretty much it. No, that's it. Um, I'm just asking. Yeah, no, that that that's it. That's it about them. Yeah. All right. Uh, so another frivolous um, bit of celebrity news this week is Sarah Jessica Parker. Oh God. Uh, she gave an inter interview to. Well, she was. She actually appeared on um, a podcast through the Hollywood Reporter, and and she talked a bit about um, it's the THR Awards Chatter podcast hosted by Scott Feinberg, and she talked about the quote situation with Kim. She said it's very hard to talk about the situation with Kim, which <laughs> I actually rolled my eyes immediately when she said when I read that because I was like, well, if it's so hard, why do you keep talking about it? And then she went on to give this extraordinarily one-sided version of what happened. 
uh, between her and Kim. And I will just run down how I understood it to have happened. And we've talked about it on this podcast before. Um, that uh, Kim made it clear that, you know, talks for a third movie fell apart because Kim made it clear that she didn't want to return to the role. And um, around five years ago or so, Kim started making public comments about why she didn't want to return. Because she was getting a lot of, I think, pressure from the press and the public right, about, right, right, when right. are you coming back? Mm-hmm. Are you going to do Samantha again? And she, I think it started off with her wanting to just be like, fuck it, I'm going to be honest and say I'm done because I never enjoyed myself. And um, I, I think Kim, you can jump in here if you disagree or whatever, mm-hmm. but I think almost everything that Kim has said about the show and about her time on the show and how she feels about the show, I believe her. I believe that it's valid. I believe that she wasn't listened to back then. I believe that mm-hmm. she, because she said she felt very bullied that she felt very pressured by the other women and, and right. by the other, and the producers and stuff to do things, to say things, whatever. Um, she felt very left out of their group, whatever. She accused them all of a lot of mean girlism and stuff like that. And I think most of that stuff is valid or all of that stuff is valid. However, I also think Kim Cattrall really started enjoying the attention she was getting mouthing off about it and mm-hmm. that there were times where it felt like to me mm-hmm. witnessing this happening publicly i'm like all right well i don't think this is particularly professional of you the way you're acting now right, right, right. where um she went after sarah jessica parker publicly on social media for expressing her condolences for her yes, brother's I death wish, and I, would, I was just like i don't care how do much that? you yes. don't like her i really don't that's you're doing this publicly in front of fans and that's right. just ba- she kind of lost me with that stuff I, that was a little bit too much i mean just why just ignore it. Just uh, ignore it. Just ignore or it. Or if you want to address yeah. it in an interview later, but to right. actually blast it. her on social media and saying, maybe, I don't want your condolences. That's, it was just ugly. But maybe she was just fed up with the whole thing. Who knows? Uh, these people tend to love the attention. That's number one. Uh, I agree. And at the same time, with social media now especially, I think they, they, they have a hard time being... Uh, being misunderstood or 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 that their statements whatever are misread somehow so they always they always have this need now to you know over explain over explain and explain what they really meant <laughs> the tab is right here with yeah, our cat tab our just hopped up anyway so i do think that it's it's a lot of that but i do believe that kim i mean i've watched other things with kim cattrall and she's good she's very good yeah uh she's a good actor and she had a long career that predated yes, samantha yes. and i think that's part of the reason why she resents that role so much so i do believe that she wanted to move on she yeah. wanted to do other things i do believe that i just think uh, she lashed out a little which too which is the hard. opposite of sarah jessica parker who can never, never let, let this go, go. Yeah. um and the other two ladies are her friends. So, so yeah. Um, we uh, once did a podcast entirely about a phone call we got from oh Sarah Jessica yeah. Parker. who First in the morning. Who didn't, who was a little upset about something we wrote about or something that was actually fairly innocuous. And in fact, by the end of the conversation, she more or less admitted that what we wrote about her wasn't entirely off base. She just didn't. She probably got she, some stuff from I somebody like else. I like SJP a lot. I oh, really I do. Like her. But she has a tendency to get herself involved in things mm-hmm. and over-explain herself and over-defend herself just a little bit. Um, 
And I think perhaps that is what's going on here with this, uh, the Hollywood Reporter podcast. But some of these quotes, I, this, the reason why we're talking about it now, rehashing it, is because some of these quotes were so outrageous to me. Where she basically said, I haven't said anything. This has been all camp. Which is not true at all. And it's like, okay, lady, I'm sorry. I know your feelings were hurt, but you have been talking about this Non-stop. a lot. In fact, All I think you may have been talking about it more than Kim has right. in recent years. Not only that, how you can say that after the show that Kim refused to go back to devoted an entire storyline to, to her character not coming back. And you actually, you there was dialogue about how mean she was to you, how hurt your feelings were, and then you put dialogue in her mouth by having her text you in certain scenes. Oh, text so you. stop yeah. acting like you have... Um, uh, respected where because she basically comes out and we've respected where she's no you didn't you actually like raised that character from the dead and used it like a puppet like it and and put an entire story arc over what was it like nine episodes or whatever about oh my god samantha she was mean no one talks to her anymore you know all you had to do as we said at the time was just say you lost touch with her she moved to London nine years ago. We haven't spoken to her. Right. And we, story, you know, yeah. we, we see her once every couple of years. That's it. That happens to people in middle age. You don't have to turn it into this whole high school, my feelings are hurt kind of thing. And of course, you know, I, when you really examine that, it really was kind of mean because it didn't turn, they didn't write it as some sort of misunderstanding between Carrie and Samantha. Samantha abandoned all of them. She has no contact with. And and so that is clearly making Samantha out to be the bitch in this scenario. So stop acting like you, that's the part that I just wanted to address here, which was, um, it's completely inaccurate and completely disingenuous to say that you have not said anything about this. That's not true. And it's also part and parcel of my actual firsthand experience with her, which is that she tends to get overly defensive when critical things are right, said right. about her and she feels to and she feels the need to over explain right. to the just, point where she winds up contradicting herself. Right. It was a very simple pose about her pose in front of her store. And uh we said she was doing it to to promote her store and the and to keep it going during lockdown. Which was a good message. The message was good right. that she was promoting a you know, right. business and, and New York and pandemic. That's that's what pretty much what we said. Right. But she she didn't read it this way. And she felt that we thought we were saying she was just doing it for the money. And she right. called us up and she's actually, you know, it's very hard to keep a business open in New York City. And I have employees that I'm, and I'm we're, we're listening and we're like, okay, well, well that's exactly what we said. Kind of exactly what we said. That's kind of Jessica. what we said. But anyway. So I do like her very much, but she is uh, thin skinned, let's say, for a celebrity. And she sometimes gets herself caught up in and no i'm sorry i i as someone who's followed her career kim cattrall's career who has you know is an expert on sex in the city and and just like that i feel no honey you you cannot say this and i you cannot say that you have not kept this fire going you have in fact used it to fuel your new show right right right. uh and i just want to add that cynthia nixon and um Mm. and Kristen davis are both uh, they were brought on as executive producers for the new series. So they all have some sort of control over how th- their own characters are being presented. And right. Cynthia Nixon said in an interview this week that, um, you know, I feel like Miranda has always secretly been a lesbian all along. <laughs> and I just felt like both of these interviews coming at the same time, I'm like, you know, what's really interesting to me. I think part of the failing of sex in this, uh, and just like that, part of the reason why it felt so 
tonally off so much is because in the years since Sex and the City, these these actresses who are now executive producers have started to confuse their own lives with the lives of the characters. So um, there's this long feud between Samantha and Carrie that honestly does not make any sense based on the relationship as we knew it, but it's all based on Sarah Jessica Parker's relationship with Kim Cattrall. And now... Right. Here's the thing about what's what Cynthia has said about Miranda always. I, it just rubbed me the wrong way because I felt I'm like, mm, no, that's you. That's Cynthia saying that. That's not Miranda saying that. While it is very true and it has been my experience and I have known countless queer people who dated and married and had multiple relationships with people of the opposite sex and in fact would make jokes or homophobic comments about right. queer people who then turned out to be or to, to discuss or to admit that they are actually queer. That's very, very true. However, I don't feel as someone, again, expert on the show, I'm like, no, I don't feel that that is how Samantha, I don't, I don't think you can look at Miranda's arc that way. I think what you can say about Miranda's arc, and I think it would have been more interesting if they had done this, is that it is something that completely caught her off guard in middle age. She doesn't know where it came from, right. but she's going to follow it through to see where it goes. This idea that, oh, she was always gay, I think it actually informed the writing on the show, and it's why the breakup with Steve was so badly handled on it. Mm. Because from Cynthia Nixon's perspective and from the writer's perspective on the show, it's like, well, it's, it's a done deal. You know, Miranda was always gay. And I don't think they realized that, you know, fans had had 25 years invested in that relationship between her and right, Steve. Right, right, right. And that's why people were like, she treated Steve like shit. Like it was constantly in all the they coverage. They still of talk the sh- about it. They yeah. still talk about it. And to me, both of these interviews this week, they just kind of inadvertently highlighted, look, we're going to be back for season two. Oh, yeah, we're going to podcast about it and everything. But it inadvertently highlighted some of the major problems with And Just Like That, which it comes down to is that these actresses are confusing themselves with the characters that they're playing and it would be better to get away from all that completely i i don't think miranda was a, like a latent lesbian uh when she was dating all those men in the 1990s i i be- i believe there are plenty of women who can say that that's true i just don't think it was true for that character right. i think it was an interesting and necessary idea to bring up all these social and political topics and issues with a right, new right. show, but you can't just change old characters. You can't just mold old characters into whatever you want to say now and pretend that they've always been this way. No, no it doesn't work. It makes, it would have been more interesting if it would have been more interesting if she was shocked by this and right. she had to tearfully tell Steve, like, right. I don't know where this is coming from. I'm really sorry, but this is where I need to be right, right now. Right. Instead of this, well, I'm bored eating ice cream on the couch with you, and I was always a lesbian anyway. Like, that's why that storyline doesn't right, work. Right. You, she inadvertently revealed it in this in this interview. And it's sort of the same thing with Sarah Jessica Parker, where it's like, well, that's why that was so annoying to watch, because you keep confusing your fight with Kim Cattrall with... Carrie's fictional fight with Samantha, which never made any sense. Anyway, we done Ooh, with are we yes. done with that? Yes, okay, we are. Now to the heavier topic. Oh dear. Um, which we've only we barely touched on. Uh, we in our we haven't touched on it on our site, and we mentioned it in, in passing on this podcast. Right. And we, I, oh, we haven't. We barely talked about it on social no, media. I did which, include which is a the, few articles, which is the um, 
Johnny Depp and Amber Heard case, yes. uh, the defamation case, the verdict which came out this right. week. Right. I just want to say that I, in the lounge, I, tr- I did my best, and I try my best always to include those articles related to whatever's going on at the moment. Right. And I did include a few articles talking about the case yeah. and the trial and all that. And um, yeah, so... it's. I- it's pretty fucked up as far as I'm concerned. Um, uh, this 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 uh, defamation case has turned into a... Um, Circus, number one. Well, it has, but it has turned into a... Um, the It has hinged entirely on the question of how much of a bitch is Amber Heard. That is basically what it has come down to. When, in fact, it was a defamation case. Right. And it was supposed to be out about whether or not she damaged him by writing one line in an editorial about being a domestic abuse victim. Um, But it hasn't, it has instead all hinged on this idea of how much did she lie and how much did she abuse him? And, you know, I, I hate, I don't really want to get into any of this, but I just feel like I, 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 it's the biggest celebrity story of the week. One of the biggest of the year, probably it is going to have repercussions for, uh, not just celebrities uh, going forward, but for women going forward, the, the repercussions as to um, whether women are going to come forward and accuse men of right. abuse, uh, it just cannot be measured. Right. And I mean, let's explain if you don't know what happened. Um, you know, they had a contentious marriage in which um, she later accused him of all sorts of domestic abuse. And, I'm not even going to get into the suits and the countersuits, but what well, what happened was that she wrote an editorial in a newspaper and referred to herself as being a domestic abuse victim. And I believe she was not allowed to reference in their previous settlement. She was not allowed to reference certain aspects of her marriage. And this is what he went after her for. Right now. The question is not, did Johnny Depp ever abuse Amber Heard? That was never the question in this trial because that had already been a settled question in not only in previous trials, but in testimony in this trial from, well, first off, there's a recording where he all but admits that he did hit her or, or, or abuse her. And there was testimony from um, staff members and people in the household right. who witnessed events. Right. Um, so did Johnny Depp uh, physically abuse Amber Heard? That is a definitive yes, according to the court of law. That was done. That's done. Yeah. That has not changed. Right. So there had to be all this other stuff that had to get thrown into the mix in order to obfuscate the fact that he did, in fact, abuse her. And it turned into all the crazy shit she did to him. Um, and yes, you can really go deep into the testimony and the video. And there is, that is, was clearly an ultra toxic relationship. And in some ways it was toxic towards him. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, again, his abuse is on the record and admitted. He is also a man who outweighs her. I know Johnny Depp isn't a very large man, and I think that's what a lot of people wanted to, or his defenders tried to claim, is that he couldn't have possibly hurt her that much because he's not that big. Um, But to imply that this man who's 20 years older than her has, you know, 100 million more dollars than her and is beloved by millions, uh, to imply that they were on the same level, that there wasn't a power differential in that marriage, that he didn't... you know, abuse while he was physically abused to put her on the same level as him, as an equal abuser of him is just grotesque to me. Right. Um, anyway, do you want to jump in? No, it, 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 and it just got completely out of hand, you know, like, um, 
the whole situation, everything, and the fans. I mean, that's the part that I think it has been more emphasized out there. It's his fans primarily. Um, I see it everywhere. I, I you know, I, I check TikTok every day. Uh, and my TikToks are usually cats and things like that, you know. Right. Um, so, but even so, I was getting all these stuff about him and and the trial and everything because i don't understand i think it's, it was a big mistake to have the whole trial live stream i mean that's number one i think i mean maybe it's official you can't do anything about it and it has to be done not only was it live stream but it was a civil trial with a jury and that jury was not sequestered right. and i understand that uh, you it's very difficult to sequester juries for for civil trials um but the idea that these jury members went, well, you, no one who had any social media connection or internet connection right. could avoid all yeah. of these anti-Amber yeah. Heard videos right, and, right. and pieces that were, uh, we couldn't avoid it no, anywhere no, I, I turned. I, I saw it. I saw them everywhere. There's no way these, these jurors weren't going home. And um, I mean, one of them apparently got a text from their spouse that said Amber Heard's a crazy fucking bitch or whatever. Oh my God. These are the I people that, that decided the case. Right. Which I, I should go back and note, we never did give the, uh, he sued for 15 million and she countersued, and what the, the final um, decision was that uh, she has to pay him ten million, he has to pay her two million. She's going to appeal it. She doesn't have that, and this is what I mean. She doesn't have that kind of money. Right. He has or Millions. had. He burned through. If you ever read the insane uh, profile of him written in 2018 in Rolling Stone, the way he burned through money on drugs and just extravagances, it's just insane. But um, again, they weren't on the same level. He's a movie star of 35, 40 years, beloved, has made hundreds of millions off the Pirates of the Caribbean movies right, and right. all those Tim Burton movies that he did. Um, so and endorsements. And, and endorsements do. There has been, um, you know, more than a few uh, investigations into whether there were bot armies. And apparently there were bot armies that were unleashed in order to badmouth her and to, and to defend him. You can't talk about him on social media at no, all. No, you can't. You without his fans. You mentioned something on Twitter and all the replies were bots. I mean, you could see by yeah. the number of followers yeah. of each bot. Um and it's ridiculous. You can't talk about and it. And he can afford to buy bot armies. Oh, he can afford to and buy anything. And she can't. So this whole thing to me is just a travesty of justice completely. It doesn't matter if you think she's crazy or if you think she's a bitch or even if you think she abused him. This is still completely fucked up. It's very fucked up. And one of the worst things about the whole thing, not the, but one of them, is that I don't understand how you can't be a fan and separate things. Um, you know, just, we are in a dangerous time. I know. I, think. You, I don't understand why you can't be a fan of his work and still try to be a little rational about the whole thing and understand that he might have a troubled life. Yeah. You know, but no, these rabbit like crazy, crazy fans. I mean, they're going after her. I mean, the stuff that I read, the right. the the things that they created, like memes and everything. It was yeah. just absolutely horrific and the part that i find that kills me is that it's not just men it's women there are a ton of women out there i hate to say it but most of the johnny depp defenders i have encountered online were either bots that were supposed to look like women or right. actual women right um he has always had a female fan army that has been rabid and insane um which is which is i mean very, there's a lot of male right. stars that have oh, yeah, that yeah, yeah. but um i i would I, in my 16 years of celebrity blogging, I would rank them as probably the Johnny Depp fans are 
have always been at the top of the list. Right. Used to be like the Robert Pattinson fans were pretty right, right. crazy, but those they've all really toned down in the last they couple of years. They got older, I guess. I don't know. Maybe. I don't know. But the Johnny Depp fans, always, crazy. they've uh, always been nuts. I, I don't know if you guys read about it, but there's this woman on TikTok. She's a fan, um, and uh, she tattooed on her leg uh, a picture of uh, his lawyer. Uh, with the words objection, uh, it's a picture of her, uh, and it's the word that is crazy. And she couldn't understand. She posted, and she has followers and stuff. And she, uh, people were saying why, and she couldn't understand why. I mean, she, the whole thing went viral, of course, and she still doesn't understand why. And her justification is that that she saw a strong woman and i'm quoting her here she saw a strong woman holding her ground and doing everything in her power to bring justice to who she believes to be an abuse victim and uh, and shine light i mean on a type of domestic violence society often seems to ignore what oh they've had them they have themselves convinced that there's just an army of women out there abusing men listen i understand domestic abuse does take all kinds of forms but statistically speaking it's you no know, you right. no I'm, I'm not even going to get into that statistically speaking um it is an issue of men abusing women way way more often than it is women abusing men um that's just the fact of the matter right. uh, it's not that it's impossible but there are statistics anyway go ahead and uh, and it gets worse uh he is actually the uh, uh face of 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 a Dior campaign for the, uh, I guess, Sauvage. I don't know how you pronounce that in English, I guess. But anyway, the Sauvage Cologne, the mm-hmm. Dior Cologne. Um, so he's the the face of the the whole campaign and everything. And then uh, we just received a press release today uh, saying that it's the number one cologne now. So everywhere. There are lines. Yeah, that's a press release. Now, but there are lines. They actually have pictures of a line. People lined up outside of Dior store to buy the cologne to support him. And... Worse than that, Dior is still behind him. You know, they're still defending him. Um, so it's crazy. It's crazy. And uh, it's also very sad because you have someone with a certain de- certain power here, degree of power here, Amber Heard. I mean, she's not a, a zillionaire like he is, but right. she is a white woman with some degree of power. Right. And that's the message you're sending that if someone like that, even if a white woman like that, Right. It's, you know, they're going after her. Imagine the the dark skin, the the poor women out there, right, women right. who can't afford that kind of, uh, you know, representation and all that. What's going to happen to these women? Yeah. I mean, regardless of what, again, regardless of what you think of her personally, the repercussions of this kind of decision right. and uh, socially, culturally. Yes. The idea that it is a backlash for Me Too and that um, the whole case hinges on the idea that domestic abuse victims are liars. That is just, uh, we, I mean, we will be unpacking the social uh, repercussions right. of that for a long time. And it's alarming and disheartening. I don't know what else to say about it, but I'm grossed out by the entire thing. And I hope she appeals. And I hope um, if they're going to do another civil trial, I hope they sequester the jury because the idea of these people going home. And avoiding news about this right. is laughable, just laughable. I don't understand the whole fact that the the idea and the fact that the thing was live live streamed the entire time, so right. everyone could just take pieces of it and and do and whatever they them. yeah and do whatever they want with it. I don't understand why. What is the purpose of that? I mean, why? Why can't you just have it private and let us know what happened later? Right. 
Uh, it's just crazy. Yeah, it 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 it's very bad. Again, it goes back. All these things send a very bad message. Everything we talked about today, right. that you have a responsibility, and it's just it's just pretty sad. And articles and articles about how even the you know the Hollywood crowd didn't. Oh, they her. all liked his his yeah yeah his post yeah, on Instagram exactly. like yeah. Buzzfeed. Uh-huh. published a list of all the celebrities that liked and commented it's gross it is and i mean i did tweet i said i hope he's box office poison for the rest of his or until he rots or whatever but the fact remains is he's probably not gonna get yeah. a get yeah. movie deals before yeah. this year is out and she's probably gonna struggle in her career um so that's why we kept this depressing part of the discussion till the end of the podcast right. um because it wasn't entirely frivolous like we promised but um once again we thank you for listening we'd Very love to much. hear your thoughts on all the stuff that we yes, just said do. and the topics we touched on and we'll be back next week with whatever crosses our eyes or crosses our desks until then love you mean it Bye-bye. bye bye